Hi, everyone. My name is Patrick Akil, and for today's episode, we cover the Cloud Security Podcast. Yes, I had my friends on from the Cloud Security Podcast. They were in Amsterdam, and we managed to make this happen in person at the very last minute. We cover how they started and how they've been working together while being married with this whole podcast thing. High highs and low lows, and we cover, obviously, a little bit of cloud security in between there as well. Shilpi Bhattacharji and Ashish Rajan, I'll put the socials of both of them in the description below. Check them out. And with that being said, enjoy the episode. Beyond coding. Uh, wait, that's, that's where the headphones make sense. Absolutely. Because you can hear yourself going off the mic yeah. that way. Um, yeah, so I guess to what she was saying, Tuesday, Wednesday, we have the conference and Wednesday evening, we have a meetup with a tech fashion meetup. Okay. Uh, so we didn't. I was just telling uh, your colleague earlier that the intent was not to, kind of like what you're doing over here with the podcast, not to be too technical. Yeah. So we have two, I guess, two talks there, but the intent is to come in a, in your best tech fashion gear. It could be your conference swag. It could be your favorite keyboard. Nice. It could be something that you got from a conference. So just some bring something which is fun yeah. to the the meetup, basically, which is so it doesn't make it like a boring. You go, you come in. Oh, Ashish or Patrick are talking, and yeah. after that, basically, go for drinks and just leave. We didn't want to do that, so that's why we changed it to oh, let's do a tech fashion meetup. I like we have that. a DJ in the end as well. Good and stuff. Yeah, so I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. Nice yeah. man. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I like that it's not just one directional because a lot of conferences are like, oh, I speak for 50 minutes. So yeah, this is my thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and afterwards, you, you sometimes have questions or, or sometimes not even. Uh, but as the audience, like, I mean, sure, it's informative, but yep. it's way better if I can engage, right? Of course, yeah, of course, that's, yeah. That's, those are the best ones and the most memorable ones. I 100%, think. yeah. I think at least you walk out of it thinking you found some value. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's, I mean, if you're hosting that whole thing, that's the best feeling, right? If yeah. You give, if you give people value in that way. Oh my God, yeah. I think, yeah. and it's funny. I don't, I don't know if people realize the long-term value of the giving value part. Yeah. You know, I think like the, what we started the conversation with earlier when we met here outside, the whole knowledge sharing piece. Yeah. How many people actually freely give their knowledge? And yeah. it just built. I think we. I was telling this to a colleague earlier that the, we started this thing called "This is my cloud security architecture" on as a, as a thing. And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate from a lot of consulting companies because what we share there is what a lot of consulting companies actually charge people for. Mm. And But we're just giving it out there for free because I'm like, there is no point in hiding this information. And it because in my mind to what you were saying, if you share your knowledge, it doesn't make you any dumber. No, It just means that you get another perspective from another person. But then also at the fact that at the same time, you learn and you elevate one more level because you've heard enough perspective to know, oh, Patrick's perspective was amazing. Yeah. Shulpi's perspective was amazing. And yeah. now I have this third dimensional view of the same same thing that I've been thinking about single dimensionally. Now I have two more opinions that I like, yeah, that was interesting. I should probably talk more about that. I kind of align more with what Patrick said or what, what Shulpi said. Yeah. Uh, so 100% on knowledge sharing is amazing. I think that it's very underestimated, but I wish more people did that. I agree. I agree. I think... Knowledge is a thing that gets sharper and sharper the more you share it, mm. right? It's like honing honing your skills, honing any skills. Yeah. By sharing your knowledge, first of all, you get better because of it. You get better at explaining it. Yeah. Other people share their perspective. It changes your perspective and it, and it hones it, right? It and does. then all of a sudden it becomes memorable yeah. to yeah. other people. And it's also challenging as well because you almost are being vulnerable because when you put yourself out there, you shared what you know. Yeah. Now you're like, okay, I can't really say... 
that I have to learn something more better to be better than the previous version of myself. Mm. Like what else can I do to make myself even better than what I was yesterday? Yeah. yeah like it kind of, I mean, I think that's kind of another level of challenging yourself as well. If you're looking for that kind of thing as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, it's vulnerable in, in that people love crit- giving critique, but <laughs> they don't love sharing that knowledge the same way you do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. in that way. Oh, that, you know, all three of us putting ourselves out there. And yeah. when this podcast goes live or goes on YouTube, whatever, whatever we might end up saying over here that gets goes onto the episode, some of it may become controversial, even though we don't intend it to be controversial because all of us just want to have a good life, yeah. drink coffee, have some food, <laughs> enjoy a normal life. But clearly I may some, say something right now or she might say something right now, even though unintentionally might offend someone, hopefully not. Yeah. But it's one of those things like, but I didn't mean it that way. And it's the moment is gone. Yeah. But I believe if you don't put yourself out there, it's not fair because then um, you're not allowing yourself to grow. You're not allowing others to grow. And in that 100, 200 people, like at the moment, our podcast gets about what, 10,000 plus episodes. Oh, sorry, 10,000 plus viewership per episode. And crazy. there's a lot of people who talk about yeah. the fact that, oh, you know, this is not common. So a lot of people who are experienced look at that and go, oh, this is pretty good. Like, I, I don't have to tell anyone. I can just direct them over there. Yeah. Whereas the other half is also people who just don't like the popularity with it. Just like, well, I had the same idea. Like, I think I remember I got this message one day that, oh, I was going to start the podcast with the same name, but you took it. Hmm. I'm like, uh, I, how am I supposed to know that? Exactly. You were supposed- I'm sorry? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to say sorry? Or yeah. like, wait, where is this coming from? And it, it's like things like that. So some people are just like, and I, I don't... Um, I don't have any negative feeling for that person because of that. Yeah. But I definitely feel that they're just like mix of people. And, and, and in a way that energizes me to as well know, oh, I'm helping that many people every time I share, some, share something information out, which is valuable. Yeah. It's going to share some, but there is going to be some negative back coming back and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Because I know I don't intend to hurt anyone or I don't intend to be uh, offensive to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really good mindset to have, right? Yeah. I think if people think of, okay, I took that name, but you took it, like that, it's such a weird thought. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. I had a great idea. Someone else already ran Yeah, with that's it. right. I can think of another one, right? Or I can do better. Or I can improve. People usually love pointing fingers <laughs> and don't really look at a mirror or look at themselves. Like it's, it's such a weird mindset to have. Yeah, and yeah. Maybe it's the way they were brought up. Maybe it's, I don't think it's in their nature. I think it's due to circumstances. Of course, yeah. But I've just never, never had those same thoughts. Like I'm, I'm genuinely happy if other people are doing good, Same. right? Because then it's possible for me to also do good. Yeah. I look up to people. I can be like, I can also do that. It just takes time and effort. And once you realize that, okay, all it does is take time and effort. And it might take you less time and effort. Might take you less time and effort than it does me. Yeah. That doesn't mean I shouldn't start. It just means I have to get started because yeah, it's going to take some time yeah. and effort. And yeah. even that itself is so hard. Yeah. Like just starting something. It's. I mean, I mean we talk about this quite often about starting. The, the podcast, we talk to a lot of people who are starting the podcast. Some do really well, like, you know, put the effort and just go all the way. Yeah. Some do the pot fade thing as well. And you feel kind of bad, but you also understand because it's life gets in the way as well. Yeah. So it's not fair to judge everyone who's basically going through a pot fade to kind of feel, oh, you know, I wish they had more. But I mean, life is difficult in general, outside of all the podcasting and all the sharing. Yeah. It's not like that easy to just like day to day, you, you want to be happy 24-7, but happiness meter is run by some of the parameters which probably are not the same in a podcast game. It's exactly. more in like doing something more personal or more private. And that's completely fine as well. Yeah. It's not for everyone, right? Like, I think it's good that people try 
doing podcasting if they think they want to. But if it's not for you, that's fine. You know, you do. You gave it a go, like everything else in life. I'm sure we've all picked hobbies where we go, oh, that would be cool. But then you kind of go, oh, actually, it's not for me. So I think a lot of people think they want to start one. But if they've done, say, 10 episodes and they're like, no, this is not for me. And that's that's fine as well. I think it's important to at least give it a go. I think that's what we get a lot of people asking about. Or how do you start a podcast? Or should I start one? I always say, like, look, if you've thought about it, definitely start one. Nice. Give it a go. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. It might grow into, like, I think when we were starting on this journey, um, someone had said something quite interesting. They said that it, it'll it it'll never fail. It'll just become something else. Yeah. So it's, you know, it may take you in a different direction. You might uh, find there's a part of the process that you really enjoy and you, you take that on board. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to start and give everything in life a go and, yeah. You never know what it might become. <laughs> I, I really like that. It'll never fail. It'll just turn into something else. Because yeah, yeah. experience is experience, right? Yeah. If you have those thoughts and you never do it, then you're always going to wonder what if, yeah. <laughs> right? And if you do it and it's not for you, you're like, I know now it is not for me. Yeah. And I yeah. appreciate other people doing it and running with it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's not for me. I'm going to try other things, right? Because yeah. we, don't, we don't just take one path and it's very linear. No, it goes <laughs> all over the place and it circles back and... You end up where you end up because of the choices and the experience you have. Yeah. Uh, and that's your journey. Everyone's yeah. journey is unique. It doesn't yeah. matter when you end up or where you are now. It can evolve and it will. Yeah. And I, it's funny. I think because the hoodie she's wearing has got a quite interesting quote on it. says, success, uh, but it's not about making sacrifices. No sacrifice, no success. Yeah. It well, there, and there is one about the fact that if you don't sacrifice for the things that you want, the things that you want becomes your sacrifice. Okay. So for me, it was like interesting that to your point about uh, trying different things, doing the linear path. Yeah. I want to bring to the inspiration part of it as well. When say people see you do the podcast or they see us doing the podcasting, if you're able to inspire someone, there is nothing more positive than that. Like I think I just cannot imagine anything more positive than that. Yeah. You don't have to sacrifice a lot of things, but sometimes you do many sacrifices here and there. But being able to inspire a lot of people and share at, at, a, at a scale, I think... This was not available for our parents' generation. Yeah. But we have this. Kind of, I, I imagine like someone would have to be like, I don't know, Pope, I guess, to, to have that kind of a, <laughs> like, you know, that kind of a reach that you just say one word and hello and suddenly everyone around the world is like, oh my God, Pope said hello. Yeah. But now we're sharing information or sharing knowledge over here. And how we don't know how many people would end up listening to, the, to, listening to this in the entire lifetime of this episode being online. Yeah. And how many people it may touch. Just one random conversation about inspira- inspiring people may inspire someone to start a podcast and reach out to you, reach out to her, say, hey, I heard that episode. It was great. Would love to talk to you more about it. Yeah. Like Things like that would n- were not even possible before. So very inspiring. Yeah. We live in a lovely age. I feel we're very lucky that it's easy to depart information. Like maybe 20 years ago, you couldn't start a podcast. You'd probably have to, you know, rent a big studio like now all you need is like you know a mic you know you've got your laptop most people get like we started very mvp like just with a phone mm. and i think your laptop and that was our initial podcast uh setup love that um and everyone can do that and that's the real brilliant thing that you don't have to invest a lot that comes with time um but you know you can get started really and we live in an age where that's possible where you know, technology wasn't there, you know, 20, 30 years ago that you could just, you know, start every dream that you have, um, you know, yeah. become a YouTuber, like, you know, you're on the television all the time and all you need is just a phone. Um, that's really, really great that, you know, we do have a lot of potential at the moment. Which we that's didn't. a great story there, but um, when, we, when we were on our way to uh, New York for a, for a conference a couple of weeks ago, mm. so we came in a flight called Qantas, which is an Australian flight. 
and we were at the counter and the lady at the counter who was helping us check in, she, when she realized we are podcasters or YouTubers, she's like, it's a lot of money to spend before I can start podcasting. Like, oh, like, and she'll be, uh, I think you should probably finish the story. It's yeah. just really interesting. Yeah, we told her that, you know, obviously we told her about how we started and, yeah. you know, a lot of the platforms, you know, if you're just starting off, are actually free to sign up on as well to distribute. And we gave her a few things and, um, she actually wanted to start a podcast about being an air hostess and all the funny stories that, you know, they, like experiences they had. And we said, you know, nice. just do it. Yeah. And she took down the notes and I really hope she does start something. But, you know, just that, you know, as we were talking about that inspiration um, and sparking energy and knowledge sharing and could be just entertainment or whatever. I think that that's something really powerful, like, you know, that you can do these days. Yeah, I like that. I think starting is the hardest part. To a lot of things, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you just see an uphill battle and you're already behind. And even if you admire people and they inspire you and you feel like you want to be kind of there or even close to that, you feel yeah. like you're already so far behind, right? Starting is so hard. Yeah. But from our perspective, the only thing we do is we throw something in the fold <laughs> and other people take it with them and they, they get a really good <laughs> feeling with that and they do something with that. Yeah. And we, we might not ever know what that is, right? And it's the same with a real conversation when someone says, I, I think it's really hard to start. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, yeah. this is how you make it small, right? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and you say, I hope you actually start. Yeah. They might. And that's really cool. Or they might not, but at least they know that yeah. it's an option at for them. At least you've given right? them something tangible. Yeah. Um, which is really important. So I think that's something that we always try to do when people ask us is try to give them a few tangible things like this is where you can host, you know, this is the cheapest mic which you can buy. And yeah. this is... And give them the tools. And as you said, if they, they go with it, you know, you've done your part. You've you've given them the knowledge that you can and then it's up to them. And if they don't, that's fine as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I wonder, how, how did you do meet and, and when did the podcast actually, when did the ball start rolling? Yeah. So we, we've been together. So we're husband and wife, which yeah. I think is a great combination for working together I as well. That. No, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've been together for 14 years so for a long time and the podcast is only three and a half years old so yeah. I think for us um, definitely I think we started at the at the right time in our relationship as well because um, I think we've gone through a lot of maturity I think working together is completely different than being you know husband and wife so um, I think just finding that balance has been really important so Ashish started the podcast um, back in 2019 mm. um, this was like just the beginning of the, you know, the pandemic. We used to run a lot of DevSecCon meetups in yeah. Melbourne, Australia. And um, when the pandemic was just starting off, a lot of people were wanting to know more about cloud security because cloud security is, was still is and back then even more so was something very new and there wasn't enough knowledge. And um, Ashish would get approached quite often saying, oh, can you, you know, tell me about this? Tell me about that. Um, and we were thinking about how do we scale this whole thing? Um, yeah. You know, how do we... I mean, as much as we love, you know, having those individual conversations, we want everyone to be able to access this information. And we, I think you just started the podcast. You said, you know, I'm just going to find some interesting people who are working in the space. I think this was someone from AWS. Um, he was happy to have a chat and he started, you know, with his iPhone, laptop, you know, and I think we have on Twitter somewhere, actually the picture of our first setup. Nice. Uh, and he just kicked it off. Um, and every week he would to speak to someone casually and it just started growing you know people were loving it they were really grateful for it um, I only came in six months in when it started really growing and I was yeah. like okay you know look there's something here um, I come from an operations and logistics background so for me it's all about you know how do we scale this how we how do we actually make this a thing and not just you hanging out with someone <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> on the weekend having initially. a good chat <laughs> like I'm like that. look I mean this is clearly giving people a lot of value yeah. um, and so that's when I hopped on board and we tried to like tweak a few things so we introduced uh, we do a monthly theme on the podcast every 
month we have a different, so it'll be an AWS month or a Kubernetes month. Um, so we tried that. Then we've started obviously, you know, tweaking bits and bobs. And um, I think initially we definitely had some theming issues because we've never worked together. We both had very different day jobs. So yeah. how do we, um, you know, draw the line <laughs> between being, you know, husband and wife and business partners? And oh, yeah. I would say first year was definitely interesting. Um, you know, we were obviously... Uh, no, disagreeing like at different things, which is really important. You don't want to like have the same opinions. Yeah. But I think now I feel we are now in a good groove where we can, you know, be business partners when we need to, and just obviously be husband and wife when we need to as well. That is so cool. That's so cool. I mean, especially to me, I I have a YouTube channel with my girlfriend as well. We do like workout stuff as well. So, oh, nice. Yeah, we're kind of involved in kind of a professional matter. <laughs> and it is, it How's is that so working out? Yeah, no. yeah. How is that working no, out for no, you? No, it is difficult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the, the line blurs between your professional life and your personal life, right? Yeah, and especially yeah. everyone's working from home. That already happened. Yeah. And we're, we've gotten to the part where I'm responsible for like editing and video production and all that stuff. And she's responsible for creating workouts, doing the camera work and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, she also has a sister involved, so it's kind of a weird dynamic there. Yeah. But yeah, it gets real difficult. You have to put up boundaries. You have to say, okay, this is what I expect of you, and you yeah. have to tell me what you expect of me. That's right. And it's it's different than a relationship. It's more on a, I mean, it helps that you're in a relationship, right? But if something happens in your kind of work environment, yeah, it kind of bleeds through in your relationship <laughs> side as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got yeah. stories about that as well. I think we... we had to come up with these rules where at what point ground we, rules yeah ground like rules no not talking business about business conversation in the bedroom I think <laughs> <laughs> number one number one number one I remember one day and it was just like I don't know it was like late because we ended up working really long hours as well especially before because we were like this was something we were doing on the weekends and on the evenings and we both had full time jobs yeah and I think this would have been like late 12 1pm we've had a whole day of work and I think I was about to fall asleep and he started talking about something work related and I'm like no this is cannot <laughs> not <happen>. the moment <laughs> I cannot like Shut I said, it. can we just like bedroom the minute we enter the bedroom, like no conversation about what, because you don't switch off. And I think that, you know, you like the whole burnout thing as well is quite real when you're running your own thing. You know, you're so passionate about it. You want to do it all the time, but you're in it for the long run. You know, I always right. say it's a marathon, not a race. So you've got to find ways to preserve yourself. And I think that becomes really important when you're working with someone who's family, because it is everywhere and you can so easily have you know, work all the time. It's important to have that balance. Yeah, I really like that because it feels like a race. You want to get yeah. to the end as far. I don't even know what the end is. Yeah. But you want to get there as fast <laughs> as possible, right? And having that mantra of it's not a it's not a race, it's a marathon. Yeah. And we will get there whenever we get there, but we have to experience life, right? That's yeah. right. We have yeah. to go through the the gears, go through the motions, have fun with it, right? Keep yeah. having fun with it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's never gonna last. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get there. Doesn't yeah. matter where it is. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, especially if you're doing something creative, I think it's so important to keep, you know, your mind healthy as well because it is it is such a creative process. Like everything that you do, the conversations that, you know, even you have, you've got to feel inspired. And if you're run down and, you know, out of energy, it just doesn't happen. So, you know, you definitely, I think especially if you're doing something creative, it's so important to preserve your energy and, you know, ha know your markers, you know, if like know when, okay, I need a break from something or, you know, things like that. It's really important to call that out and have, have boundaries. So I think we've we've come up with some as we've gone through it. Like, so we've been doing it for three and a half years, but we're yes. not perfect yet, but I think every every six months we get a little bit better, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think perfection is something you'll ever reach. You'll never no. be like, okay, we're perfect now. You'll, all, you'll always see things you can improve. <laughs> and I think it's fine like that. Yeah. Like you have to accept that and you, you just keep going. 100%. Yeah. Well, what was your perspective on that? Was it, was it kind of hard when she jumped on uh, did you? Well, I think I, I definitely say one of the reasons, so 
initially it was a great conversation and just hanging out and just talking to interesting people like yourself on the other end thank you and <laughs> when when she, when she came over and she's looking at this and going cuz i i don't think i was a business person before okay. right and i never thought i'll start a business or whatever especially in the cybersecurity media space that was always like oh i'm a technical person that's that's my thing yeah marketing media is not my thing no my thing but later on uh, there's a bit of background there as well cuz we were doing men's fashion as well as food and travel like that's where we are so passive foodies as well ourselves and although that completely stopped at the as at the beginning of the pandemic and we were trying to find what's that creative outlet outlet outside of our work that's when this kind of podcasting thing kind of came around and it was really interesting that in the beginning i was just meeting random people and going cuz that was me before the pandemic yeah i'll meet patrick i'll go hey man we should go for a coffee together let me talk 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 to me about your lifestyle yeah. what 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 gets you up in the morning and let's talk about that for half an hour an hour that was most of my days where i love talking about people and just meeting different people once that completely stopped and i got that outlet again with virtual calls <clears> and even though it's not the best experience but at least you still get to meet another person on the other end of the other end of the zoom or wherever right when she came on board and we're like well you're getting i think by uh the within the first 6 months we were already crossing 5000 uh impressions right and we're going this Good stuff. I, i i'm like i don't know if this is normal what is happening is, yeah <laughs> why are people listening to this yeah, yeah i'm like this is just conversation between two people who are just hanging out cuz to the point that i started it off as virtual coffee with ashish okay the intent was like well it's just going to be me i'm going to have virtual coffee with uh, patrick because I can't have actual coffee but I'm just going to have virtual coffee. Yeah. And I think if if people go back enough on the episode they'll find I still say oh ha- welcome to virtual coffee with Ashish. I <laughs> was not even called Cloud Security Podcast. And now as it as when she came on board she was like well if you want to make it a business how do you get sponsors? Yeah. And I'm like well sponsors would like what I'm talking about like <laughs> no that's not how the shit works. And uh it it became a conversation where she but having her on board definitely gave me a different perspective of how this can become something much bigger like to the point that now three and a half years in we are into this full time now for the past two months yeah. that would not have happened if she didn't come on board and kind of gave it some direction like the whole monthly theme uh, she kind of just said it in 5 seconds but that has such a profound impact on the way people are consuming the content now people know that oh every month like for example uh this month we're talking about modern security ar- application stack yeah what does that look like talk about api security we talk about data sec data ops we spoke about security monitoring in a modern cloud world what does that look like i mean these are all great topics but the older ashish before she came would have i would have just had that one episode here another episode in 3 months later 4 months later so people are even confused mm. like what am i really listening ashish for <laughs> right cuz after you, you get to a certain scale yeah. you kind of realize in the in the beginning it's fine to just have an open theme Yeah. Right, doesn't matter what you talk about because people are there for you or just curious about what you're talking about. Once you start hitting a scale of 5000 6000, there's an expectation. Yeah. That oh, so I'm coming back to the Cloud Security podcast because this is the kind of content they produce and I would not have had that if she did not come in to say we need to put this like ducks in the row or however you know say it. Yeah. And that kind of helped us have a lot more following because After that a lot of people started reaching out oh I'm looking forward to the Azure security month or oh, I'm looking forward to the AWS security month yeah I'm looking forward to Kubernetes month or whatever I'm like oh this actually is a thing and it then we catapulted to like 10,000 11,000 I'm like going this is insane exactly and we this is like what third year of us running and I don't know of how many like we there's a very popular cybersecurity podcast called Darknet Diaries okay um Jack Ricardo is the person who runs it very anonymous but we got to we got to meet him at Vegas a couple of months ago 
and he knew about it. He came on the show as well. And Good was like, stuff. this guy gets millions of downloads, by the way. And he yeah. knew about it. It's like, there you go. That's that to me was like, okay, uh, there is this is something there is something here. Yeah. And we just need to like you know keep continue continue going that path. And I think having her as my co-founder was the best thing I could have done for the podcast at that point. I know it, it kind of creeps into the personal life, but. Yeah. Yeah, once we got through the whole, is this a work conversation or a personal conversation? What are you angry about? <laughs> <laughs> are you angry about the thing that I said before this yeah, started? Or exactly. is it the one from the work bleeding in? So once you kind of got through that uh, initial kind of communication issue, if I were, yeah. if I were to call it that, uh, we, we kind of have found a rhythm to go, okay, this is how, this is work mode, this is personal mode. We actually call it out sometimes, especially if we want to give like some constructive feedback. Yeah. We would actually say, look, this is this is a work conversation. So just flag it, make it very obvious. Okay. Because um, you need to be able to say those things. Like, you know, if I think something's not working or if you think something that I'm doing is not working, you need to be able to say that to each other. And, you know, sometimes like if you're doing it at like a breakfast table and we know we're having a personal conversation, we just say, oh, do you mind for five minutes if we just switch to a work conversation? So we make that very blatant. Yeah. Um, but I think that that has worked for us because then we kind of like turn on a work brain on for that second and go, okay, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm ready to take, you know, like a, just a professional conversation and it's not going to be like, oh, why did you say this to me? Yeah, that is so cool, man. I'm drawing so many parallels in my head. I'm so sorry. We should really go to dinner while it's there next yeah, time. For sure. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah. But I, I just love how you two made it work, right? And you, you were in your corner, like starting a little fire. And then once she saw potential that, she just threw some gasoline yeah. on that. And made it a bonfire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Also with my podcast, you and I need to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's also the personality as well, right? I think uh, like the, based on the personality, you have and your partner have mm. that makes a difference as well because it's almost like a uh, when you talk to people who, are, who do investments they talk about you should always have a co-founder yeah but well, what i tell her is that i would any at any point in time even even if we were to start another business yeah i would still start with her not not just because she's my wife but just also because the kind of partnership you can have with say your girlfriend or your spouse or whoever mm. the it the 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 level of honesty and transparency is quite high. Yeah. When you have two different people and nothing against people who have like not as husband, wife and or not as partners, uh, like life partners and starting businesses. But when you're not a life partner, everyone has different priorities. The, the, to your point, there's parallels of life's going at that point in time. Yeah. You may have something really important at that particular point in your life, which the other person is not experiencing. So- And they, they don't know. They, they don't, don't know. know. Yeah. And they don't have to know as well, but you kind of have to like, how do you- Make make that work within a way that oh I can't work this week. Yeah. Whereas if it's your partner, you kind of like, oh I know because you know so and so has happened, so I'm ha happy to double down on this. They're in the know. They're in the know, exactly. and there is understanding, and it's kind of like a family thing at that point in time. Whereas when it's another person, they may not be comfortable to share that with their from the business side, and you may never find out. You might just think oh this person is not a great worker. Yeah. Like I did a bad decision by coming into this partnership. Yeah. Like I think I've we've heard of those scenarios as well. So for me. Personally, the more, the longer that I've worked with Shilpi, I feel like, oh, this is, I want to do more of this with her. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, we're growing teams. We have a couple of people who work with us as well. And a few more now, thanks to the, now the kind of work we're doing full time. But even as, as, as much as it can grow and we might bring in more partners, but the initial team for me, it would be this particular duo, dynamic duo that we are. Yeah. I think that would be the one that I'll go start off with because, and I'm sure there'll be things we don't know yeah. and we'll bring other partners for that as well. But to start off with, at least because the initial piece is the hardest piece. Mm -hmm. Once it catches traction, 
You got it. Yeah, yeah. It's like easy, yeah. right? Or you, you already jump onto a rocket ship. It's already going up. Exactly. Like there's very little you can do to screw things up. Yeah. Whereas when it's starting, it's probably the most difficult time. Like so for three years. Yeah. yeah. For three years, we've been together onto this mission of making cloud security podcasts being the biggest source for cloud security anywhere on the world. Yeah. How does that happen if you not have the great and understanding to go? I'm gonna be. Go, I'm gonna go through this through hard grinds, through happy moments, through sad moments, through difficult moments. That that's hard. I mean, that's my personal opinion. I'm sure people out there are like, I can never work with my husband, or can yeah. I never work with my husband? It has to be at the right time in your relationship. I yeah. definitely because I always talk about the fact that look, if it was maybe. Um, we've together for 14 years, so maybe like the first few years, I don't think it would have been. That's where I'm at, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, but that's for us, you know, like yeah. every relationship is different and everyone's dynamic is different. And we were much younger when we got together. So, you know, you're just different. So I think it just, it, it, there are definitely benefits for a couple to be business partners. I guess on the flip side of what she said, which um, like just from a business risk perspective is also, we experience all the negative things together as well. So that yeah. means you're kind of, you know, if something bad was to happen, we would both probably be equally involved. Whereas if you have a co-founder who's not in the picture, then they could probably be removed from that and, you know, be able to take on more. So there is that, yeah. I guess, more reward versus more risks, I guess, yeah, anything no, in life, right? I, I like that you highlight it because the I think the benefits are, are so good because yeah. especially if you come together in a startup or, or even anything you want to do, right? You need to trust people. And sure, trust, trust comes out of the box from yeah. me, it does to other people. Um, but for someone that has taken that trust and really just established it within your relationship, right? You trust them with everything. They're yeah. your partner yeah. through thick and thin, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't get more foundational than that. Mm -hmm. So to be able to trust them to then start on your business endeavors, right? And you've already established a good way of working, I would assume. Yeah. Because you're you're loving it so far, I think. <laughs> um, to just move that forward. And yeah. I love that you say it doesn't, it doesn't actually matter what we're doing. Yeah. All right? Just having that partner within that process and then taking on anything else that you need to make it actually happen. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what you want to do at the end of the day. I think is so cool yeah. that you've established that. And I think, I mean, a lot of people are seeking, right? Are seeking that within a co-founder, within a team, within whatever they want to do. Yeah. Uh, but for you to have found it and to find that within your personal relationship as well, I think is awesome. It's oh, very admirable. You. Yeah. Thank you. Really cool. For you, Shelby, I wonder, because as she started this thing, did you already have a notion of like cloud security or where it was going or even like on a technical level, uh, were you always involved? Was that your background as well? No, so I come from a purely finance and legal background. So I've been completely um, something else. <laughs> not, I mean, in a way, I guess. I mean, it is different. Initially, that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, it's so different. I don't even know the field. Yeah. You know, how am I going to get involved? But I think essentially, like, I used to deal a lot with business risks. So yeah. I used to lead teams that were dealing with legal and financial risk. And cybersecurity, funnily enough, is a business risk. Mm. So I, there were actually a lot more parallels than I thought there were. Conceptually, nice. um, there's a lot of things that really, like, I just clicked from a business level. Um, I think especially when we're having conversations with security leaders and CISOs, I do find that I can relate to a lot of the problems that they talk about, a lot of the challenges that they're having. Um, I think that was really sort of interesting for me. Um, I've always learned, uh, loved learning new things. So for me, that was really good as well. So initially, obviously, I would say the first six months, I was a bit like, you know, I'm not sure, uh, you know, because I do like look after the production of the podcast as well. And I was like, what does this acronym mean and stuff? <laughs> but it's amazing, like in the last three years, the amount of information I've been able to absorb. And um, I've taken the initiative to obviously learn about different things as well. And I've, I actually find it really fascinating. And I think I was definitely at that point in my career where I was looking for something different. Mm. Um, I love, you know, sort of, as you said, you know, becoming better every day and 
And I think that cybersecurity has been just so, I didn't realize how interesting it was. So I really get passionate about it now. So I think um, it's been a great learning experience. So, and in, in a way, I'm kind of like our audience, you know, I'm, I'm actually listening to things that I want to learn about. So I'm almost on the same journey as our audience where I'm learning about cloud security with them. Yeah, that is so cool. I'm really proud of you for doing that because I think a lot of people underestimate coming from a, I guess a non-traditional cybersecurity background. Yeah. Like I did a master's in cybersecurity, but that doesn't make me any more special. But not having a technology background, coming in technology, whoever does that, I think we have had a few people on our podcast who were lawyers before they got into cybersecurity, cloud security. There were people who were like music teachers. And you almost like look at all these different backgrounds coming into that going. But they all, kind of like what she did, they all can draw paddles. Yeah. And I'm going, wow. Like, I mean, and but for someone who's always done cybersecurity, a bit of a bias, I always used to think that we are a bit of a snowflake. <laughs> that, you know, oh, because I did cybersecurity. Oh, you're a snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> I am in many other ways. Yeah, yeah. But it's also fascinating for me that, oh, this kind of proves the point that you don't have to come from cybersecurity or technology. You can pick things up later on. Like, there's so many people who change, change their career much later in their life. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that, oh, I'm stuck in this field now because this is all I know. I can't learn anything new. Yeah. So I, I'm really proud of her for doing that. Yeah, and I think with cloud security, it's a bit lucky because cloud security itself has not been around for that long. So, I mean, the inception was 15, 16 years ago. So like three years in cloud security is actually quite a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. I'm not You're a good. veteran, but I think I'm intermediate. So because it's just technology is just not that new and most people are still sort of scratching the surface of cloud security. It's interesting because we often, you know, because we are so into it, we forget how much of the world still has not adopted cloud as a way. Like we sp still speak to you know, large insurance companies, large banks, a lot of them who are still very much on-premise. On so it's really interesting to realize that, you know, even though I'm fairly new to it, yeah. like a lot of the industry is still fairly new to it because, yeah, it's like adoption is still happening and we're still at the beginning of the journey. <laughs> I, I think it's so cool that you you took that something that was interesting and you really just took ownership of that and really went in depth in that as well. Yeah. I think it, I mean, the perspective you bring to the table, everyone has kind of a unique perspective they bring to the table, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you're, you're, you've grown up and you're a seasoned security engineer or what have you, right? If I'm even talking about myself and software engineering, everyone has a unique thing they bring to the table, a unique perspective, might be your upbringing, might be... Uh, the environment you grew up in might be the education you had previously. Yeah. yeah, You take that with you and it might come ha in handy and it usually does. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. what I've learned is like technology is actually quite simple and the people make it so much more <laughs> complex. Man. Yes, yeah, for sure. Like, shh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be really complex, man. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's a really hard job, people. <laughs> I think for us as well, one of the benefits is that because he is very technical and he's been doing like cybersecurity for a long, long time. Yeah. And I'm slightly newer and come from a different thing. It's been actually really beneficial for our business because the last thing you would want is two people who think exactly the same way. And I challenge a lot of the things because I'm new to the field. I would question a lot of things, which has been really beneficial yeah. for the podcast as well because I come out come from an almost outsider lens which is beneficial for the business as well. Um, yeah. So that's been really powerful. I like that you said you're the audience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you learn something, if you take something uh, or you take an episode and you, it brings you value, yeah. that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Because yeah. then it might bring other people that same value as well. Definitely. So, you know, I, so I till today just edit all the podcast episodes and it's, it's a bit uh, selfish because I actually want to listen to them yeah. and listen to them in depth. Okay. And I'll always come back to him saying like, you know, this was really valuable. I really enjoyed this, you know, this, like give that feedback because I'm also trying to learn about, uh, about the topic, which would be the same as what our audience is listening for. So I yeah. think 
that's been really good. It's it's something that you know I get a lot of value from myself. Yeah, that is so cool. Just the continuing continuing improvement circle you have going on because you also give him feedback and probably he gives you feedback on the editing or, or what yeah. have you as well. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. I mean, we've gotten to the point now we're actually producing something called Cloud Security Podcast Originals, which is like the Netflix version of cloud security as no well. No way. That would not have happened if the feedback was not ongoing. Okay. There's so many things that I was taking for granted where she would be like, but where is that ever spoken about? I'm like, well, isn't that obvious? Like, no, it's not obvious. No. Like, so we started doing these uh, original series. I think you did one digital, digital supply chain. I did one zero trust. There's, like the idea behind, you know, uh, have you heard of uh, Vox or uh, Vice? You, so they're, they're popular uh, news media, news journalism kind of channels on YouTube and okay. otherwise. They do, they do documentary style. And we've been, we used to watch quite a bit of it. They would cover interesting topics and we were, we took inspiration from that and started covering interesting topics in the cloud security space. Nice. And that got a lot of popularity. We did the, one of the most popular one is just uh, for the ge- different generations of cloud security posture manager, which is like a tool set framework that Gartner, just like a very popular, um, they come out with metrics for what's a great tool in the market. Yeah. And they came up with this. Th- uh, they they've been with- known for uh, throwing out acronyms. Yeah. So every year they have a different acronym. Um, they mostly start with a C for whatever reason. So <laughs> well, the cloud ones for some reason yeah, start with C. Yeah, and they keep getting longer. Yeah. So there's like um, CNAP and there's CWPP and there's C, like there's just like so many. And um, one of the things for the industry is there's so many of them coming out and everyone's kind of like, what do they mean? Yeah. Like, do I need one? Do <laughs> like, I need all of them or just one? <laughs> which ones? Yeah, people? which ones do yeah. I going for? So I think it's funny because that's what we're trying to debunk as well, that the marketing around the cloud security space has become so uh, boxed in into this particular space that, oh, unless you work with the four Cs, yeah. you don't really have anything. Like I think that's basically, oh, cloud security is just the, within those four Cs. There's nothing else outside of it. And I'm glad that now slowly people are realizing that, oh, actually, why are we talking about developers or software engineers who are basically the the people who are actually developing the code? Yeah. You guys are just talking about being reactive. And, oh, there's an incident. Let's get onto it, right? There's a fire to blow out. But... Let's just talk about how do we work with the developers? How do we work with the business? And that conversation is slowly coming in back into cloud security. And to what Shilpi said, 16 years is not a long time for anything. And even web development hasn't been there for long that long no. as well. Yeah. I, we're all trying to get, get you know, our different stages of technology where some people are still working with older technology. Yeah. Some people say maybe working in Ruby today and might like, oh my God, I can't believe I work in Ruby. I should be working in Node.js or Go or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. every field has that. And I think exactly. I feel... The cloud security space is also in that place where the initial wave was all about the, the four C's from uh, cloud, uh, from Gartner. And now it's almost like, wait, actually, let's just take a step back. When do I really need this? Because technically I found the issue, but I can't do anything with it. I still have to go to a developer to fix this. Yeah. Yeah. So why not? Cloud right? security became a lot about here's your problem. Here's another problem. Here's another problem. <laughs> like in this <laughs> dashboards of problems and a lot of organizations are going, okay, great. I know where all my fires are, but exactly. how, how do I put them out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think it's it's an interesting time. I mean, it's one of those um, industries that's growing really rapidly and yeah. there's a lot that's happening. But so we've been trying to sort of put content out there that's really easy to consume that, you know, and it's entertaining. I think that's another thing that we try and put a bit of humor in it, make it absorbable because at the end of the day, you know, there's so much knowledge in technology, if any field, you know, be it software development, cloud security, anything. Yeah. There's so much to consume. And for us, it's all about, 
has to be short, has to be something that's easy to absorb. You know, you can just listen in like a podcast, um, you know, that you're, it's relaxing as well. It's not like picking up a book. It's not that heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that you said easy to absorb because security and cloud security, obviously as a component of that, I think it is, is it's the best when you don't notice it. Yeah. When there's no right. fires that's and everything right. is smoothly yeah. and you don't even have to react or act or do anything. Yeah. Everything is a smooth operation. Yeah. Yeah. But that makes it very not tangible for a lot of people because if you're like, okay, we need these things in place because otherwise these things might happen. They're like, what do you mean might happen? They've, they've never happened. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do we need this? Yeah. Or they read something and they're like, we need all of this. And you're like, why? Why? What What are we trying to solve here? Like, it's, yeah. it's not that tangible. No, no. People, people really need it because yeah. otherwise uh, they're going to be screwed. I think for the longest time people digital. used to um, question whether cloud security is even a thing because clouds, all the cloud providers by nature were meant to be really sort of there is no breach, you know, they're self-resolving. Yeah. A lot of the gaps that come up kind of, you know, auto-remediate and everyone was like, what is, is cloud security even a thing? And now obviously in the last few years, you know, we've had, you know, things like Log4j come up and there's all these like different breaches, like currently everyone's talking about the Uber breach. So there's lots of these different things that are coming up now. People are like, yep, actually cloud providers obviously are auto-remediating, but there's a lot of different gaps that are still there. So it's it's been definitely an interesting transition from going, it's not a thing to, okay, we need to pay attention to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love what you mentioned as well, because I think the security being so automatic that you don't even realize it. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an Apple user, and I think if you kind of go back enough, they had to use, use to have passcodes. Now they have, after that, they have complex ones. Now it's just a face ID. Yeah. Android has those as well. The It is a security feature, but it's so frictionless and it's accepted. No one questions it. No. When your face doesn't match, you're not thinking, oh, I hate security. Yeah, exactly. You're thinking, oh, my, something's wrong with my face or something. You know, you, the thinking is very different. Yeah. To be able to do that in the cloud security space is kind of where we want to get to it. It's almost so frictionless that when you are blocked, you know you've done something wrong. Yeah. You're not blocked because, oh, like, you know, because something may happen, like the world may fall down. Yeah. It's more because, oh, you know, you have been 90% of times you don't even realize it's there. That 10 or 2-5% that it's, when you do experience it, it's because something wrong has happened and they just stopped you before it became a thing. Yeah, That's where the future is. It's not in, like, Clearly, Apple, Android, those people have realized this way before. Convincing, like security, when you talk about cloud security, we're talking about technology people, yeah. but they are solving this problem for general consumers. Like every day and day, like in you know, a day in day out people, grandmoms, granddads, dads, moms, everywhere. They're not technical people, at least not all of them. To convince them to be okay with a face ID, like that is next level. Exactly. Right? Like, and to get to that point is where all of us are striving to. So yeah, if we can get to that point, I'll be nirvana. <laughs> I'll be amazed. I'll be more than happy if we can get to that point where we don't have to do a job. I think we, we're thinking of doing more interesting things than thinking about security. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, when, when cloud environments were available, right, we had a landscape of infrastructure and a lot of it was facilitated. And step one is, okay, let's see, let's see if we can actually make, make this work. Yeah. Like, can we actually deliver some value to an end customer somewhere? That's right. And that was step number one. And when people establish like a proof of concept, they're like, okay, let's make a scale. Yeah. And then somehow they're like, at the end, usually, or when something goes wrong, they're like, oh, it wasn't actually that secure. Because <laughs> we don't even, we're, try, we're still trying to figure out how to use the cloud to its best capabilities. Yeah. Right? And even if you have your application, and even if it has, is secure, 
you can still pay a lot at the end of the month by the things that you're using, which you might not actually need. Yeah. So the cloud is always this kind of ongoing kind of organism. And we're trying to figure out from an application, from a software engineering perspective, how to best use it from a security perspective, how to make it the most secure it can be. And then now even from a FinOps perspective, how to, how to, <laughs> how to kind of reduce global warming and the yeah. things that we're using and paying yeah. for. Yeah. That's pretty interesting, man. I think I'd, and it's amazing how many people have started talking about the impact on climate with cloud as well. Yeah. Like so many Amazon, Microsoft, they all talk, talk about the green evolution as well. Yeah. So I thought it was amazing the fact that, oh, now it's not just a, it's not just a conversation with politics. It's a conversation among technology people as well, where the things we're using yeah. can be green as well. And I mean, earlier, just like I make a program or a software, it just goes out in the ether. People use it. I talk about it with my friends and no one ever finds out. Good stuff. But yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Like, stuff. oh, amazing app, like 100,000 yeah. 100, downloads. Amazing, great, amazing. But now to be able to say, oh, it's such a green app. Oh, it's running on green infrastructure. That's an amazing feeling to share with people. Like I personally definitely connect with that when people came out and said that they're going to be green. I'm like, oh, the best thing ever. Yeah. Especially if you look at the weather outside and in general, like how dramatically it is changing everywhere. Yeah. And people still feel that climate change is not normal. Yeah. See, this is a conversation where people just start hate me, hate me. Like, <laughs> climate change is not normal. But I think I, I definitely love that fact that people are trying to go more green. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's it's such an interesting feel. We're right in the thick of it. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's evolving so rapidly. Right. Every every new year, every conference that the big cloud providers do and they bring out new stuff, I'm like, man, this is this is really exciting. Yeah. Right? From a software engineering perspective, a lot of things I I give out of hand. And they're, as you say, they're auto-remediated, they're auto-facilitated, they auto-scale, they're serverless. Uh, so we don't actually have to do a lot of things, but then you still need that knowledge, which yeah. is a lot of in-depth knowledge because when shit hits the fan and you don't know about that, oh, then all of a sudden you're screwed because you do need to have that knowledge, that foundational knowledge of what happens behind the scene, what auto-remediates and what doesn't, yep. uh, or what serverless actually does and what you still have in hand. Right? I think because everything gets easier, we expect a lot more from the people, right? whether it's security or software engineering. Um, and I wonder if it goes to a point where it's too much, yeah. where something is like, okay, we expect all of this, all this huge package just from you. Yeah. And the same is required from you. And we're all <laughs> gonna be generalists and we're gonna know everything about everything. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges oh. in cloud as well is a lot of like on default things. So a lot of cloud security providers are giving <laughs> things by default. And when you actually check them, they're not the best one for your organization. As you said, you know, that whole out of the box generalized thing. One of the biggest challenges recently has been that, you know, they're finding that all these defaults are actually not great for their organizations, leaving things open, they're not being uh, configured properly. So there's a lot of those challenges that are coming out as well, which, you know, as you said, because everyone's being possibly a generalist and just, you know, just uploading things, it does become a bit of a challenge when you go, oh, that, that thing's on by default and it shouldn't have been. Yeah. Now, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. which defaults are correct? So there's a lot of, um, it was interesting because we've been to quite a lot of security conferences this year and it's been, I think a lot of people are doing a, real, a lot of real good work around educating people about, look, if you've got this application on, say, AWS or whatever, make sure, you know, if these are the defaults and are you sure if these are the right defaults for you? And same with Azure GCP, it's the same. So, um, as you, you were quite right, you know, that knowledge is still missing. Um, there's not enough, you know, developers and security people out there. Yeah. Um, however, a lot of people are moving to the cloud. So, you know, how do you, how do you fix it? And I, I don't think anyone really has that answer, but it's we're just, figuring it out. we're figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. And oh. I love, I love this community in that we do it as a collective, right? Yeah. Because I don't know what it is about this tech space that <laughs> we have. But when there's information, it's never being held hostage. Yeah. It's being spread out to the fold. And That's then right. people, people discuss it and, and new insights come from that. And people, when you do that continuously 
exactly what we said at the beginning. It becomes better of it, and people become more informed of it. Yeah, and the world around us becomes better of it. That's well. right. We get to know so much more by hearing someone else's perspective as well. It's not just us talking about it. Yeah, but other people sharing that their perspective, their experience from it. I, you, I think it's just for the better. So maybe hopefully after listening to this episode, someone out there starts another version of a. I don't know, something that helps the software community as well as the security community as well, just by inspired by all the podcast conversation and all the cloud conversation <laughs> we're having. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. I would love that as well. Like, it'd be amazing that if they start something. So if someone's listening, please start something. Exactly. <laughs> and, and let us know because yeah. otherwise we'll never know. Yeah, yeah, don't just start and don't tell anyone. Just start and let Patrick or me know or Shulti exactly. know that, hey, I heard this episode fun, inspirational, and I'm just going to start a podcast today. And I'm, I'm sure you'll be happy to, if people reach out to you and go, yeah. where do I start? And I'm sure you can share your Absolutely. opinion on that point. Absolutely. I, I love sharing about the things that I'm passionate about. Yeah, like, yeah. Who, who doesn't, right? I just have to find a way to tone it down sometimes. <laughs> it like, might be a bit too much. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, exactly. I, I, can't, I can't remember how many times I've talked about the podcast on the podcast. So <laughs> some people might be sick of it. <laughs> but I loved, I loved how your journey has, has gone so far. I'm really excited where the future is going to bring you guys. I didn't mean for this to be the main topic. I'm really happy that it got yeah. to be though. <laughs> and I'm so, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and sharing. Is there anything you still want to share with our audience? before we leave off? Uh, well, I think I would probably just say that the, you know, the first step, whether it's for podcasting or learning about cloud security can be overwhelming. Yeah. But the hardest thing you can do is not starting to learn cloud security or to learn software development or to learn how to do a podcast or that knitting hobby or whatever you want to do. <laughs> like, you know, they might be, I mean, whatever gets them going. I definitely feel after the pandemic, I've come out of it like a more of a YOLO mode for, hey, you know, we only have one life. Yeah. And earlier, before pandemic, I would hear, we only have one life. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know I have only one life. <laughs> but now I'm only, holy shit, I only have one life. Yeah, exactly. like, so I'm always more conscious of the fact that whenever I do meet someone, if I can leave them inspired to do something, I, I that that's for me, my value is delivered. So yeah. as I was saying earlier, if someone listens to this and does even one episode on a podcast or a YouTube video or does their first knitting thing or, you know, just learn something new today, I'll be more than happy. That, that, that's my, I think, uh, that's my going away message, I guess. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think for me, something that I've been saying lately, um, and I think it's, again, like from the pandemic where, you know, for most people, a lot of the external stuff was switched off for, you know, a good couple of years. Yeah. And you kind of went, you had the time to self-reflect and go, okay, what is it that's really important to me? And I, I think um, something that I've just been telling everyone is like, start living life on your own terms. Whatever makes you happy, um, you know, whatever gives you fulfillment, that's what you should be doing. So if that's a podcast for you, or if that's, you know, doing a hobby, a fitness YouTube channel, whatever it is, I think um, it's really taught us that you just have to, you know, live your life on your own terms and do what, what makes you happy. Awesome. I, uh, <laughs> I love, I love that both. I'm really elated guys. I'm really happy. We, we, made it happen yeah we uh actually discussed it like two days ago and you coincidentally <laughs> were in Amsterdam yeah. Yeah. so thank you so much for coming on and, and doing this thing and uh, we're gonna round it off here Shilpi and Ashish everyone we're, I'm gonna put all their stuff in the description below check them out let them know you came from us and uh, thank you for listening we'll see you on the next one thank Amazing. you thank you so much <laughs>